Proverbs 4, 23 instructs believers to keep our hearts with all diligence, mm. meaning that there are aspects of our hearts that are prone to drift from truth. Oh, yeah. We're prone to going off the rails. Guard your hearts. Now, to somebody with a robust, <clears throat> I'll use this term, theology of man, we mm. know that we are sinners, that we have this sin nature, that until the Holy Spirit works in our hearts, the sin nature is governing our hearts. So if your foundational belief, listening to this or headed into marriage, is that humans are basically good, then um, that's not a biblical belief. Humans are basically fallen. And yes, we can do good things. That's by the grace of God. We can do good. We can be nice. We can be kind. We can Mm -hmm. do, we can say true things. But when it comes to our position um, in terms of our holiness, in terms of standing before God, we are not by default headed toward truth. We are by default heading away from it. Mm -hmm. And how does that work itself out in marriage? Um, That's what we're going to discuss today, that there are these subtle lies that if we do not keep our hearts with all diligence, as the writer of Proverbs tells us, Solomon, (laughs) um, then we are prone to believing these three. And I think they're subtle lies, but they're huge. So they're subtle, but they work in big ways. Yeah. I think we can believe them in, or we can live unaware of being, of believing them. Like they kind of creep in, but we can also be living outright in them and being like, what do I do with this struggle that I'm having with this lie? Uh, What is the truth and how can I, not live in this lie anymore. Yeah. So hopefully through this episode, you will be encouraged to kind of look introspectively. Are you believing any one of these lies? Maybe mm. you're believing more than one of these lies. And if so, what are we to do and how are we to walk in the light? So thank you for joining us. We'll see you on the other side. <music> Greetings and welcome. My name is Ryan and this is my lovely wife, Selena. We are the Fredericks. And this is Sunny. Yes. Sunny's with us from the get-go. She's with us. She had an awesome nap right up until we hit record. (laughs) (laughs) And now she's wide awake. We're almost to that time where she's going to probably have to go hang with someone else while we record. But right now she's still hanging with us. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with us or this channel or this podcast, this is what we do. We spend our lives helping couples live their live out their marriage live out the parenting roles that god has given us unto the glory of christ so that we might be found faithful Mm -hmm. um, and and we might be fruitful in this life so uh thank you for giving us your time your attention uh we will strive to use it well um and to edify those who would Mm. stick with us um so this by the way this comes from our book that we wrote um and actually released in 2020 Mm -hmm. um this is our book called see through marriage looks like that um, that's a mosaic that's supposed to be stained through glass, uh, stained through <laughs> stained glass, see through. There mm-hmm. it is. Um, but the whole theme of that book is living in light of who Christ is, what he's yeah. done. And it's based on this idea that John the Baptist brought to the, the four in John one. He said, I am not the light, but I am here to be the one through whom the light shines. Right. Right, the, the, the light is shining through me. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of being see through is that when we are transparent, it's like Paul talked about being the, the, the vessels that are broken and as they're yeah. broken, the glory of Christ kind of spills out and, and it's unto the glory of God. But when we're see-through, uh, we, you know, we, we tint the light because we have personality, we have our own kind of life circumstance, we're uneven kind of shards of glass. 
And, but it's the, the more transparent we are, the more light is seen, the more beautiful this mosaic of marriage mm-hmm. becomes. Mm-hmm. And so that's what the theme of the book was. Um, but we, we thought it might be appropriate to go through this one chapter, a part of a chapter is chapter three, and it's all about um, the lies of isolation. Right. And I think it's good to talk about lies in marriage and lies that we're believing because there is a lot of information out there. Um, and so I think it's, it's good to have in your arsenal. How do we sort through the lies? How do we find the truth? How do we know the truth? How do we live out the truth by the power of the Holy Spirit and the grace of God in our own marriage? And so we're specifically mm. looking at lies uh, that have to do with that divide us, that kind of cause us to drift more intentionally than we would really like to be drifting. <laughs> yeah. We, we are yeah. prone to drift, like you said, in the opening uh, towards sin, yeah. and towards isolation uh, from each other. And so, yeah, so what are those? Yeah. Something needs to change in the internal makeup of, uh, of a marriage for the drift to not be the default. Now, one could say that even in our, even even as regenerate Christians, people who are indwelled by the Holy Spirit, we're striving to walk by the Spirit, and the mm-hmm. Spirit is 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 sanctifying us in an ongoing way. Even for them, we could say that the the drift is to walk in the flesh. Mm-hmm. I don't. I would. I would. Okay, I'll take that. But I also want to, I guess, maybe contrast that with another view that I think could be equally as um, true. <laughs> and and it's this. And I, I touched on this in one of the first books we wrote, and it's talking about the rocks. It's, the, the name of the chapter was Rocks, Rockets, and the Gravity of Belief. <laughs> and that was in a book that we wrote way back. It was called Two as One. Uh, it's a devotional. And the whole premise of that chapter was if you can, so if, if you're, so where the title came from is if, say you have this rock and your job is to keep the rock, you know, in the air as long as possible. Mm-hmm. And so what do you do? You think, okay, I'm going to th- throw it and I'm going to throw it as high as I can. Well, it's just a matter of time until it comes back down. Okay, I want to get a lighter rock. I'm going to throw it. It doesn't matter the size of the rock, really. But no matter what, gravity will always bring it back down to earth. Mm. And so we think, okay, well, instead, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to strap a rocket to this thing. <laughs> I'm going to engineer wings. I'm going to put a nose cone on it. I'm going <laughs> to shoot this thing up. I'm going to give it wings to glide and I'm going to keep it up, you know, longer. Um, well, it's only a matter of time until that rock comes back down. And so the premise of that chapter, the premise of this talk today is that until the gravity changes, that rock will always go back to the ground. Mm. And so in marriage, we can change the gravity, meaning that we don't have to live by the world's script. We don't have to live by our flesh. We live by the spirit. We live in lockstep with the spirit. We live in light of the gospel. And that what that does is it takes our whole vision of reality in the flesh and flips it upside down and says, Christ, <laughs> sorry, if you're watching this, I'm sorry, uh, but I'm going to leave it in. <laughs> Christ flips things so that they are the other way, meaning that gravity now is not pulling us down, but instead it's, it's pulling us toward Christ, pulling mm. us up. Instead of pulling us apart, we can be pulled together. Yeah. So that was a bit of a, a side trail, but I think it's important to understand that our underlying beliefs will always drive our behavior. Absolutely. And so when our behavior crops up and we sin, it's it we are we are not it points we need us to back mortify to what, the sin by yeah. looking at the belief right. that undergirds the sin. Yeah. The belief maybe in autonomy, my own personal autonomy, that Christ isn't truly Lord, sin's not truly bad, whatever that is. Yeah. Okay, so that being said, <laughs> lie number one. 
Here's line number one. You want to read that, Sel? Sure. Uh, I can't be transparent because I'm trying to keep what little peace we have. So again, this is see-through marriage talking about transparency, experiencing the freedom and joy of being fully known and fully loved. So being known in marriage, one of the lies that we can believe in order to, I think, avoid living in the truth, but it, ironically, it keeps it, it, it causes more division. It causes more, I think, pain and disunity right we think that the, by lying we're we're keeping the unity right if i keep really it's right and so that lie is i can't be transparent right. because i'm trying to keep what little peace we have right all the peace all the peacekeepers and those that hate confrontation and conflict like raise your hand right that's right that's where we fall under is this lie we fear that if we're going to be honest it's just going to rock the boat and i just don't have the energy the time the wherewithal we don't have the connection we, i don't know that that conversation would go out well, right insert whatever your struggle is and you're just like i just don't want to poke that bear right mm -hmm. but the lie is that if you don't poke it and you don't deal with it and you don't shine the light of truth of god's right. capital t truth on the situation it's really, it's only going to make it worse. It's only going to agitate uh, your marriage. It's going to bring you guys further apart, yeah. right? And you're not actually learning how to cope and deal with uh, the truth of the matter of what, of the sin that is festering inside either you yeah. your your spouse or your marriage because this, this lie, it, you don't actually, like you said, you don't deal with it. So anyone who gets you know, if you if you've ever read any sort of like military you know, novels or what seen movies or talked to people in the military, if you're ever in a in a convoy and you're going through maybe the mountains and you get ambushed, you don't stop at that point. You you press. Right. You have to go through it. Like, right. Like go through it as quickly as you can. Get to the other side and then turn back. And you know, I'm assuming you, you then you squash <laughs> the opposition, so to speak. So in this way, like we don't want to go around the problem, keep avoiding it. Right. Go through it. Right. And so the analogy that we use, we actually talk about a couple. So John and Vanessa, <laughs> they were the couple in the book. They're not a real couple. If they are real, they're pseudonyms. Um, they're probably not real um, because that's generally a bad well, idea in books. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not based on anybody specific. I think it was just a generalization of problems that we see in marriage, like from, yeah. in a lot of women. And the, and the point is that she is kind of dealing with her own self kind of stuff and she's feeling overwhelmed with being a wife, being a mother with whatever that means, you know, in their life. And John is striving for a promotion. Uh, he's busy. He's working hard. Mm -hmm. They're kind of ships, uh, you passing know, in the night, passing in the night. And, uh, they're, they're eventually they, they drift. And so their, right. their, their communication suffers, their sex life suffers, their unity suffers, their intimate, uh, emotional intimacy, all that suffers. And so, but in that moment, you know, Vanessa might be thinking, or you might be thinking, I don't want to bring this up because I can just see the fight that it's going right. to be. I can just right. see the issues it's going to create. I can just see the division it's going to create. And we're here to tell you that that's, you're probably right. But the, the, the wrong premise in that is that I, if I don't create disunity, it's better. Hmm. In this right. case, it's better to deal with that infection so the wound can heal. Right. Otherwise you use the word fester and I think it's so appropriate here. Yeah. It will continue to fester and eventually you get septic. Eventually you've got an infection that's, right. that's it's riddling your marriage right. and it will um, only lead to more death. Uh, so, and I think, you know, that often hmm. that approach often comes from a place of desperation. You know, we want to have control of the situation. Uh, and Ryan's been so good to encourage me and, and I think just, simply taking the offense right and not always being on the defense for things and so how can i how can i be on the offense knowing that i have the truth of god 
we are, I'm in a covenant with my husband, like, okay, here's the struggle. Let's take some time. Let's try to, you know, <laughs> ease the blow as much as you can, but also not be afraid of it, right? Like, okay, we're going to take some time away from the kids. We're going to set aside some time to talk. Uh, I need like your full attention. We need to be, we need to kind of get through some of this and mm. I'm not, you may not like it. We may not like it, but let's, let's try to keep our, our wits about us and be loving. And remember that we're, we're dealing with this to reconcile and to build unity, not to create a fight and a competition of who's better and, and whatnot. Like we want connection. We want unity. Uh, we want freedom from this continual cycle of, yeah you know, being divided and I don't want, and what you're trying to keep the peace. That's not even, that's not real peace. Right. Mm. And so we want to counterfeit peace. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. And um, I'll leave it at that. It's well said. All right. Um, lie number two, I need the time alone so I can work on myself. I need the time alone so I can work on myself. Um, so as Selena gets a baby into a sleepy spot here, um, I can think of many examples in my own life when this has been my own thinking or my, I believed this lie. Oh yeah. Um, early on in our marriage, um, sad to say I'm not immune to the common male struggle these days. Well, actually I'm glad to say that God has completely delivered me from any sort of even desire to look at pornography. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Yeah. Um, and it's been, I'd say a decade <laughs> or more. Thank you. Lord. Um, thank you, Lord. But early on in our marriage, um, that, that wasn't the case. And I don't need to qualify it. I will say that um, it, it, any any pornography addiction is too much um, for well, marriage. But I, thankfully, I wasn't like decades into it, right? Yeah. And so there is a very real physiological rewiring of the brain that happens. Um, it, for anyone that that <laughs> travels the same dopamine trails often enough. Uh, but for me, I thought you know, okay, if and I've talked to many men who think this, and this could go toward any topic, but we'll talk about pornography addiction. A guy thinks, well, I'm, I'm addicted to pornography. I know that if I told my wife, it would devastate her. So what I need to do is I just need to work on it by myself mm-hmm. so I can get better. I can figure it out. And then I can go to her maybe three months in to being clean, six months into being clean. And I can tell her, oh, in the past, this was a problem. And I want you to know about it. That's a right. lie. Well, um, it's a lie. Why? Because it, it, it relies on, on your own strength and pride, right? And your own mm-hmm. resolve uh, to to battle this uh addiction and i think like with anything i mean women uh, what's you know I, i'm i know that women struggle with pornography but for for me my personality bent is like i don't want to and especially with in culture like i don't want to show my mess to everyone i don't want to show them how i'm struggling or how i'm weak like i want to show them the instagram worthy photos and the the mm. social media that's like got me you know winning in life <laughs> you know goals all that kind of stuff and it's like uh, to show even my spouse, I mean, it just feeds that that pride and that wall of like, no, I'm going to get this together. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the one. And it's and and God's like, mm. no, no, this is a lie. You you can't do it on your own. Like you can't break this addiction on your own. Nor should you, because I didn't create you to do that on your own, right? Yeah, He's yeah. given us community. He's given us. Amen. <clears throat> and marriage is is uh, an instance of community that. Mm. Uh, I think is especially equipped to deal with even the toughest sins in our lives. Yeah. Uh, because the covenant is strong. If we understand covenant rightly, yeah. it is strong. Love is purifying. Mm-hmm. If we, if we understand love, we apply love. We biblically speaking, we know what love means. Like, so love is, is, is the, the fuel 
for sanctification, whereas yeah. covenant is the arena within which that sanctification takes takes place. Right. Right. It's the platform for that sanctification to happen. And so trying to <clears throat> say, I'm going to work on it alone. You're basically saying, I'm going to do the hardest thing in my life away from the most important person <laughs> in my life for that person. Hello, helpers. And, and here, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, You're missing out on God the, made the for beautiful. Adam a helper fit for him. Well, and, yeah. and, you're missing out on the beautiful process and journey of repentance mm. with one another. And I think that is, God is so good to use our sin to bring us together through repentance, through uh, humility, right? And through being transparent, being honest about the struggle that you have. And yeah. again, like I, husband admits addiction to his wife, a wife can you know, throw it in his face, um, can be, it's okay to be hurt by that. Like, I think that's a very real and valid and human response. Uh, but we can't wallow in that, right? The Lord is, is leading mm. us out of that to say, okay, I'm here to help you. I'm here to like be your sidekick. So how do we, how do we start, you know, working through this so that you're successful? Our, our, our unity is not disrupted, that we can be even more unified in this, in this area of intimacy. Well said. A picture comes to mind, um, and you're going to hate this. I'm sorry. You're going to hate this. Indiana Jones in the Pit of Snakes. Oh. <laughs> Nightmare, guys. Just, she hates snakes. Are you, are, are you like snake phobic? <laughs> I guess. I just, they're just, ugh. There's nothing. It just, yeah. yeah I don't know. Well, I mean, just kind of cringy. Serpent in the desert, so, or in the, in the garden. Mean, so. Yeah. Anyway, I'm picturing Indiana Jones in a pit, okay? So, you, you, you're in the pit. You're struggling with sin. The, they're vipers. They're biting you. They're mm. killing you. And if if we view sin correctly, yeah. it will have the same gravity of being in that moment. Mm. Like, these things are killing me. Yeah. And and so, in that moment, what do you do? You think, nope, don't help me. I'm good. I'm going to... I'm going to find my way out. Yep, wrong view of there, sin. There's the lie. Again. There's the lie. I just got bit one more time. That one's in the neck. <laughs> oh, one's on the other side of my neck. Oh, it's, I'm good. Don't, don't throw a rope. I'm going to climb out, right? How foolish is that? Right. Whereas if you're getting, if you're getting ravaged by sin and you are unable, addiction does this. You're unable to conquer yeah. it. Yeah. Now by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can. Yeah. He's given you community. He's given you your spouse to help you with that. Mm. So what do you do? You reach your hand up. You say, throw me a line. Help me. Let's deal with this together. I'm dying. Yeah. And sin is sin is the poison that's yeah. killing me. Yeah. So that's Amen. line number two is I need time alone so I can work on it myself. Instead, you need each other yeah. to work on whatever's, God's given whatever's you. driving you apart. God's given you each other for a reason. Yeah. It's good. So let's go to line number three. <laughs> this one's insidious. You want to read it? <laughs> My marriage isn't that bad. It's definitely not as bad as theirs. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Comparison yeah. crushes everyone involved yeah. and is an insidious tool the enemy uses to keep us living in the dark. Yeah. Cause it's, it, it's not a, it's not an accurate standard. <laughs> no. Okay. So you'll always lose and you'll always be crushed by it. Going to the gym. Okay. Depending on your orientation, right? You go to the gym and if you're oriented toward thinking you're awesome, you're going to look at all the weak people and say, look how awesome I am. <laughs> I'm done being awesome. Uh, or if you're insecurity. oriented toward feeling insecure, you're going right. to look at all the huge fit people and think, look how, what a, I'm, I'm a, totally a slob i'm out of shape you're going to compare yourself you're going to get out down yourself. Eat so no comparison does nothing good because lose lose <laughs> who is the right comparison right like who is who's the right person for us to compare to jesus christ right how do we compare to christ not well not well <laughs> so, <laughs> we cannot so what does that do that yeah. drives us further into the gracious arms of our loving god who has mm. said yes you're a sinner i see i see that you're a sinner mm. that's why i sent my son to wash you of that sin to yeah. 
bring you into right relationship with me, to sanctify you and free you from that sin. Right. And so by comparing to Christ, we actually see ourselves rightly. It creates right movement, right momentum in our hearts. Well, and understanding, I mean, you have to have that doctrine of man, understanding who you are mm. and the doctrine. It's a doctrine of God, like who God is, who I am as man. We're reading Jeremiah. So it's we're asking, like, how can you emulate Christ if you if you don't know him first? We read in Jeremiah actually recently, and then this is three years ago or whatever that we wrote this. And it's Jeremiah 9. We're 20. currently in the thick of Jeremiah, which by the way is the longest book of the Bible. It's an awesome book. 33,000 words. That's like half of a half of this book this book. It's really good <laughs> so. though. I, I mean, I just you see the character of God. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. So Jeremiah 9, 23 through 24 says, Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Mm. Right? So when we compare ourselves to others, we're boasting in our own abilities. We're boasting in our own strengths. But or... When, or I don't jump in yeah. or we're boasting in someone else's strengths. Yes. Meaning yes. that we, we, it, it, the boasting is completely wrong. It's completely out of place. And Doesn't th- Paul say boast in our weaknesses? That's what we're supposed to actually like, if we but, are going to boast. But why? Because, because that then makes much of Christ, much of Christ and it becomes yep. a backward way of Paul saying boast in Christ. Right. It's not about me. It's always about him. Right. And so the lie as it goes is that I, you know, we we're not doing, you know, we, we have our struggles. Yeah. We have our struggles, but... We're listen, doing all right. Like, where we can coast, because look at that train wreck over there. <laughs> how... I don't mean to laugh, That's but that's but exactly true. How it's backwards a, is that? Yes. Like, I'm cool, like, with us having a train wreck a few month, years down the line, because look at that train wreck. But the fact of the matter is that we're really all train wrecks, like... Okay. In, I mean, in, in understanding, I mean, I know that marriage, certain marriage, from marriages, a salvation standpoint, yes, we're yes, all train, we're all wrecks. train wrecks, but marriage and marriages go through. Yes. Different. There is a way to have a healthy marriage. Yes. Uh, and not be a train wreck. Thank you. That's what I meant. Yeah. Salvation, <laughs> the standard with God, we are all train wrecks. Comparison, we are not perfection. We can't think morally higher of ourselves. No. no. And that this causes us to see with eyes wide open yeah. saying like, I am not prone to becoming that train wreck. I'm, I'm not, excuse me, I'm not, I'm not immune right. to becoming that train wreck. Yes. I need instead to deal with this thing as it is and look at Christ as my comparison, not the Joneses, not yeah. the Smiths, not anyone else. See, this is good why we this is why we do a podcast together. If I did one on my own, everybody, <laughs> I would just get slammed up and down the internet because of the, the way, things that I say. <laughs> Matthew. Okay, so Matthew on Twitter. He's become kind of a Twitter friend of mine. Hey, if you're listening to this, <laughs> he, he called out a comment you said. I said I like to shoot from the hip. And I didn't hear what you said, but you said it's bad shooting. <laughs> And so then I said, I said to him, I said, uh, then breaking news, Selena's going to have her own podcast from now on. <laughs> so maybe not. Don't we'll leave me. Don't leave me. So anyway, those are the three lies. Maybe we should recap on the lies. Yeah. Let me go back to the top here. Okay, num- lie number one is this. It's a lie. So don't believe it. <laughs> I can't be transparent because I'm trying to keep what little peace we have. We're going to tell you that that's not real peace. That's a counterfeit peace. You need true transparency to have true peace. Uh, lie number two. I need the time alone so I can work on myself. And that is untrue as well, because you cannot fix yourself. (laughs) Bottom line. On number three, my marriage isn't that bad. It's definitely not as bad as theirs. Um, And that's an insidious lie because we're comparing and and giving glory in all the wrong places. Instead, we need to make much of Christ and realize that without his help, without us just looking at ourselves in light of Christ, 
everything else is fruitless. Right. And we're not called to fruitlessness. We're called to fruit. So that is how we begin to walk in the light. And if you don't know the light. Yeah. Well, Christ is the light. And I wish I had John one right in front of me, but it's, uh, it's, he basically says that the light has become flesh and the light has dwelt among us. And John mm-hmm. said, John the Baptist said, I am not the light, but I said, I'm here to tell you of the one who is the light. And it's really cool because in the Greek, he is, there's this language that's talking about, it's the near demonstrative pronoun mm-hmm. where he's saying, uh, this one, this one, this one, this one came into the world. Uh, John the Baptist came in. So John the Apostle's writing mm-hmm. the book. John the Baptist is, is a character in, he's real, but the he's, person he's in the a person yeah. in the book. And John the Apostle is writing, this one, John the Baptist came onto the scene and he's, he was preaching all these things. And then John the Baptist said, I'm not the light, but that one is the light. And then all of a sudden you see Jesus move into the four being the near demonstrative. Mm. And John the Baptist is now the far demonstrative. Gosh, now even in the language. So beautiful. So that one's now said that this one is the light. Mm. This one is the, the, the flesh who be, or, or you see God the less and flesh, the more. light who became flesh. So well, it's, yeah, it's, it's a it's, reiterating of like, let me. Well, and it illustrates what happened in John three thirty, which let is me be less. Let him may be. I decrease yes, so that he can is. increase. Once again, can't have my own podcast. It's not gonna work. <laughs> well, you would, you would be. Work. Yeah, no, you'd be just fine. Mm-hmm. The point is, it's without the light, we are in the darkness. Yes, and we are not lights unto ourselves. We are utterly dead. We need light to shine into us to illumine the Word of God in our hearts, so that we might have soft hearts. We might then repent of our sin and turn mm. to Christ. That's what it looks like to become a Christian. Is you repent of our sin, your sin, and you say, Jesus, I need you. Mm-hmm. Now, I need to, you don't have to understand all the doctrines in the Bible to say, Jesus, I need you, but that's what it means to have the light. And it's from that point, the Holy Spirit indwells you and you begin to understand what it means to live in the light. Mm. And so mm-hmm. if you don't have somebody in your life um, to talk to, we do have a website for you. It's thenewsisgood.com. We do, however, recommend that if you do have somebody in your life. Like a pastor, like a Christian friend who's eagerly waiting to talk to you and been praying for you, no doubt. Yes, that you would go talk <clears> to them. You'd say, I heard this podcast and I want to know more about Jesus. Will you read the Bible with me? Start there Mm. um, and then talk to that pastor and begin being discipled in Christ. And we pray that you take that step. Speaking of prayer, let's pray. (laughs) Father God, thank you that you are the light. Thank you that we can walk in your light, not Mm -hmm. because we have to somehow prove and justify ourselves, but we can walk in light because you've said that we are justified. If our faith is in you, we are justified before our holy God. And therefore we can walk in the light to experience freedom. We can experience relationship. We can experience sanctification based on what your word says in first John, Lord, we trust it. We trust Mm. that we can walk in the light as he is in the light so that we can have fellowship with one another be sanctified of all sin, be purified of all sin. So I pray for the husband and the wife struggling with isolation, struggling with believing these lies that you would uh, help them Submit to your light to uh, learn what it means to be transparent in light of your gospel so that they can have true peace. They can have true closeness in their marriage and truly glorify you as a result. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening this far in. If you are this far in, we would be honored. And frankly, we need it. We'd be honored to have your partnership. Uh, Much of this ministry is possible because our partners have chosen to jump on board to not just be passive recipients of this ministry. Mm -hmm. If we've helped you, if the Lord is leading you to this, you can help. I'm telling you, honestly, Mm -hmm. you can help sustain this ministry by going to fiercemarriage.com slash partner. Um, Our monthly patrons are one of the main ways that we, frankly, are not in the red every month. Now, we sell a lot of books, but I won't give you the details. The, the, par- the partners are the difference. They are. So they are. thank you so much for that. Please consider that. Otherwise, if, if you're not feeling led to do that, if you don't have the means to do it, we will continue showing up.
because the Lord is gracious. pray for us. We need oh, yeah. your prayers. Thank you. <laughs> prayers don't cost anything except your time. This is true. Pray for us. <laughs> In your mental space. But if we could be so bold to ask yes. for your prayer. With that said, this episode of Fierce Marriage is. We'll see you again in seven days. Until next time. Stay fierce.